You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, we're covering free trial to customer conversion percentage. In other words, of all the people who start using your product or service for free, what percentage of them end up becoming paying customers? John Panini chats with Jason Rosenblatt to learn how CallRail increased conversion percentage as high as 80% for some customer groups. You'll also learn the metrics they obsess over and who owns them, and how they're able to reduce friction between sales and marketing by transparently sharing responsibility for all the numbers. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Metrics in Chill podcast. Today I'm excited uh, to be joined by Jason Rosenblatt. He's the VP of Strategic Accounts at a company called CallRail that I'm sure many of you have heard of, or maybe you haven't. Um, but just in case for those that haven't, Jason, you want to tell us, give us like the, uh, the elevator pitch on who CallRail is and what it does. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Um, so in a nutshell, CallRail allows you to find out which marketing campaigns are making your phone ring. So we work with uh, all different types of businesses, different size businesses that are spending money on advertising, spending money on marketing and want to know. Uh, which of those campaigns, which of those dollars are most effective at driving new leads and new business um, into their uh, in, in, into their respective business or their clients? So we work with a lot of agencies as well. Um, it's sort of our uh, our bread and butter. We work with thousands of different agencies. Well, Jason, I appreciate you coming on today, man. Uh, yeah. This this one's going to be fun. Jason's going to be talking to us about uh, something I know a lot of SaaS companies specifically care about, and that's free trial to customer conversion percentage and how they went about improving that. But Jason, why don't you give us a little bit more background on you? Um, you kind of have your hands in everything sales, right, at CallRail. Yeah. Like I know, you know, I introduced you as VP of strategic accounts, but talk about like in terms of sales, like what you do and oversee at CallRail. Sure, yeah. So uh, CallRail, very much uh, in the product-led growth bucket, um, focus very, very heavily on generating a lot of leads at the top of the funnel, lots of free trials, um, have, uh, have a really great conversion rate from free trial to, uh, to customer. Um, but where we saw sales fit into that ecosystem is, uh, when someone starts a free trial and needs, you know, some assistance, either, you know, through an implementation call, um, or, you know, re- requires a demo, something a little bit more than just like going on the website and trying to, you know, fumble around and figure it out on your own. Um, we also drive a lot of uh, additional leads at the top of the funnel that don't necessarily start a free trial that end up becoming, a, um, you know, an engagement MQL um, that our sales team then engages and gets to, to sit for a demo. Um, so sales really works, uh, works off of the funnel and focuses on, on, on trying to influence that free trial to customer conversion rate as much as possible without disrupting it. Um, and primarily we focus on, you know, the, the verticals that are a high value. Uh, we know that certain verticals, certain industries are, are, have a much higher LTV. Um, so to put any sort of resources behind any verticals that, uh, may have a higher churn rate or may not spend as much. Uh, we generally will tend to uh, push those verticals through more of a self-service uh, model, um, but we really focus on those high-value verticals. Who would those uh, be for CallRail? Uh, so, obviously, agencies, just because the one-to-many approach. Yeah. Um, regardless of industry or vertical that the agency may specialize in, um, so any agencies are always going to be at the top, uh, the top of the pecking order. Um, legal is another really great vertical for us. A lot of healthcare verticals are really. Uh, really great for us. Um, automotive, 
financial services, real estate. Um, think of any businesses that are big advertisers, digital advertisers or offline, uh, but also you know specifically online, um, and that re rely on generating phone calls as as a as a CTA as as a conversion. I was going to say the thing that a lot of those have in common is obviously most businesses and industries are doing business online these days, but a lot of those that you were mentioning, legal, uh, real estate, like a lot of those still are, are, are heavily relying on the, on the phone ringing, like you said, right. Exactly. And, and, and yeah. the personal relationships rather than like the form fill. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that make that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, as does the agencies. Um, and so like, I guess we'll start here. Um, what's like, this is an obvious question, but one that we could dive deeper into. What metrics do you set goals around for the sales team? Obviously, MRR is probably going to be a huge one, right? Mm -hmm. So, but just talk about like what's like that primary, you know, North Star metric that you guys are focused on, and then like how you go about maybe setting secondary ones or sort of lagging indicators so the team knows when they're on and off track. Like, how do you just how do you go about setting metric uh, goals around the right metrics for the sales team? Yeah, so. We are one of the most data-driven businesses I've ever been uh, been a part of, and it's uh, it, it's fascinating to me and and being able to like dig into all these different metrics and understand what influences these and the influence that I have or my sales team has on all these different metrics. But uh, true north star, um, we're always looking at you know how much new MRR are we bringing in this right. month, um, and that could be new logos or it could be from existing logos via cross sell or upsell. Mm -hmm. We have uh, four different products. So uh, we have a really large back-to-base motion, which is what we call, uh, you know, cross-sell and upsell efforts to uh, to existing customers. Um, so the the true north star is new MRR. Um, that's what the team, uh, my sales team, the individual reps are focused on. That's what their individual goals are. Uh, but then at the executive level and at the board level, we're obviously tracking ARR. And, um, you know, we're, we're tracking how well each individual cohort is performing. Um, we know how each individual cohort of customers is supposed to grow month over month. Um, and we're tracking all of that as well. Um, and then at a much more granular level, I mean, you, you can't manage the revenue, right? You can't, you only can manage <laughs> the, the, the things that lead to that. Right. Um, so um, the most important metrics that we're tracking, um, and I work, you know, really closely as a revenue team, we work really closely together, the different leaders in the org. So I work really closely with, you know, my counterpart in marketing, uh, who runs demand gen, um, tracking how many new free trials we're generating, um, right. and then how many of those free trials are actually converting to customers. Uh, that free trial to customer conversion rate is one that we obsess over. Um, and even a, you know, a small, a small uptick here or there, or even sometimes a downtick, will cause all types of alarms to go off. Whether it's a good alarm or a bad alarm, right. obviously. Um, the other uh, the other metrics that we're we're we obsess over and we look at all the time ARPU. So we're constantly looking to see uh, by vertical, by sales team, by sales rep, um, what the what the ARPU is, the starting ARPU, um, and uh, you know, for for those of you out there that don't track ARPU or don't know ARPU, you're, it, we don't have we don't really track ACV here because we're not, you know, we're not selling contracts, we're not selling licenses. Um, a lot of what we do is usage based, and we're selling like a base fee for a certain amount of minutes and numbers, and then uh, and then we go from there. Uh, but the starting ARPU, uh, which is average revenue per unit, is a good indicator of the size of that account from a starting point. 
but also how many additional products they purchased right out of the gate. So did they purchase just a, the basic right mm -hmm. out of the box Paul tracking product for 45 bucks or did they add on our form tracking product and conversation intelligence and are they using lead center to use the full, the full suite of tools. So, uh, so how many free trials we're getting free trial to customer conversion rate ARPU and then, you know, the product attach rates. And you're uh, tracking ARPU, like you said, by rep, by by vertical. So you're able to every sort of... Every way you could possibly slice it, we're looking at it. So you're able to zero in and, and find areas of leverage, right? Based yep, on exactly. how, the, how the numbers are doing. Exactly. Um, the new the free trial, the customer conversion percentage one is an interesting one because that's that's got to be a shared metric, correct? Because marketing could dump a ton of crappy free trials and, the, and obviously the customer conversion rate is going to go down, right? So... That has to be a shared metric, right? Um, and I would imagine why you say you work closely with your counterpart in, in marketing. But like, talk about how, because everyone, uh, maybe not everyone, but that's approach, that could be approached differently, right? Talk about how you manage that metric. Before we get into like how you improved it and all that, how do you manage that just from an operational standpoint, like in terms of ownership and accountability? Yeah, so I would say one of the many things that, uh, that we do well here is, uh, is, is really, really, really tight alignment across leadership. So when you say it's a shared metric, absolutely is, but it's beyond just sales and marketing, beyond just revenue. Yeah. It's actually a shared metric across, uh, you know, anyone that touches our website. Um, so the dot-com team, which is sort of like a shared, a shared service or shared services or shared team between engineering and, and marketing, um, product marketing, uh, customer marketing, um, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, our engineering folks, our product folks, we have so many different people that are focused on the free trial to customer conversion rate, um, because they're also focused on website conversion rate, like, you know, actual conversion rate to free trial and that all flows and everything, you know, it's just a domino effect, right? Like, you know, that if traffic is low, um, that everything else is going to, is, is going to, is going to suffer. If you know that conversion rates are low yeah. and we're doing different AB tests on, you know, different CTAs, we know that, you know, the free trials are going to be low. And then we know that there's going to be less at the top of the fall. So when we say it's a shared metric, it is like organizationally, like we obsess over free trial to customer conversion rate. Um, so yeah, I, to your point, um, this, there's never a, this is like it, I've seen organizations, fortunately I've never worked in one where there's any sort of toxic relationship between sales and marketing, but you know, I follow corporate bro and I know all the, <laughs> all the, all the jokes around like the sales and marketing, like throwing knives at each other. Um, I've always been in organizations that there was some sort of a CRO or, or some sort of revenue leader that sat on, you know, across both organizations. So there was never really an opportunity for there to be any conflict. So I've been, I guess, raised the right way. I don't know how to explain it, but there's no, uh, there's no animosity. There's just a good level of accountability and ownership. And when there's transparency in, in, in all the numbers and the metrics, and we're talking about it all the time, there's no opportunity for someone to be like, well, they suck. Like, look at their numbers. It's already out in the right. open. And, and you're already proactively saying, like, we're struggling here uh, in this metric. Like, our ARPU is low on this team. And we're, we're, this is what we're doing to address it now, like real time. We're addressing this. Or our conversion rate dropped here. Or conversely, if you know something is happening on the marketing side of the house or on the dot-com side of the house, there's total transparency. We're doing reviews 
you know, with the leadership team and we're talking about it and it's out in the open. Um, so there never really is that, you know, uh, there never really is that, that like, you know, like blame game, right? The contentious, just, yeah, marketing and sales it, relationship. There's, right. no, there's nothing contentious here. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing um, that there's that level of accountability and everybody just wants to influence the overall number and, and influence their part of it as well. So um, I think it's because people know also, like if they threw a bunch of crap in the funnel, like they know they would get called out on it anyway. So like, why even bother? <laughs> like, like, right. Oh, look how many leads we got. Well, like, do you really want to get into the leads that you, you've generated or right. do you want to own the fact that you right. it's a bunch of spam? So I think the transparency and, and like the talking about it and the, that sort of like the radical candor around the whole concept or the whole topic has led to a really good, um, a really good relationship where, you, where everybody knows what's going on and your, you know, your counterpart is already two steps ahead of you before you even have a chance to call them out on anything. Right. I think the other part too, that's important to, to have the kind of relationship you're talking about is like, everyone has to have visibility, the numbers, right. And and not like once a, once a month or once a quarter. Um, I would assume, you know, you guys are having conversations on a weekly basis, maybe even more, like, <laughs> right? Like daily basis. <laughs> daily basis. Yeah. Well, how, mean, how often is like this? Like the sales team get together to review the numbers, and then like how often are you having conversations with the marketing team about those numbers? Is that like is that all happening weekly? So there are different groups that meet at different with different cadence. Yeah. Uh, cadences, and then obviously there's you know. Um, you know, uh, like automatic updates that get sent out, you know, that get yeah. sent all the way to the board, um, that everybody sees. So, uh, you know, the, the, the cadence for sales, like I have a sales all hands biweekly and we talk just very high level stuff. My managers then meet with their teams, our directors meet with their teams and managers meet with their teams, you know, generally on a weekly cadence. Um, but when, when we get down to these metrics, the manager and rep one-on-ones are happening weekly. Yeah. So, you know, the way that the way that we've been able to address these metrics and make sure that they're front of mind is like reps and managers talk about this on a weekly basis. Right. Like it is it is it is the the primary driver in this sales environment. Like right, we're not like how much pipeline have you added? I got it's not it's not like that kind of a sales process. It's literally you have you got this many trials have you sequenced them? We use outreach. We're an outreach shop. Um, even though we're in Atlanta with sales loft, shout out sales loft. <laughs> they're good. They're good. They're good people. Um, but, um, you know, it's, we're, we're constantly looking at that and, uh, there's no opportunity. There's no way you could ever hide behind those numbers. And again, it's almost like the accountability thing and the transparency thing. A rep doesn't want to look like an idiot in front of their manager when they know they have a one-on-one coming up. So they're already talking about it. They're owning these numbers. They're owning these metrics. So it comes down to that, uh, having that data in front of people all the time in a way that, um, in a way that like it resonates with the individual that it like, it's not just numbers on a screen or numbers on a, on an, in an email. Right. It's like, no, no, no. I feel this. Like, I know what this means. I know the influence that I have on this and I know how it all rolls up. I understand how, how it all connects between what I do versus what the team does and versus like the, the bigger picture. Like I understand all this. Right. Yeah. It's not just about presenting the data, but you, you're having like, or the team is having structured one-on-ones and talking about actionable ways that whatever the rep can improve or, or teams can improve, yeah. uh, which is key. But yeah, visibility to the numbers. And then, yeah. How does it apply to each individual? 
I think that, yeah, that's key. Um, And yeah, so like the one, you know, the meat of the show is usually like, what's one metric your team has improved recently that's had the biggest impact on business? You've already kind of teased that. It's free trial, the customer conversion rate. Yeah. So like, how did you, how did you, like, obviously you're, this is one of those numbers you're always trying to improve or you're always trying to optimize for, right? Yeah. But like, how did you guys identify that this specific metric was the opportunity that, you know, you needed to focus on? So... First, well, there are a couple things. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's the most direct. Well, there are it's it's deal size, and then close rate uh, are like two of the most important metrics that you look at when you're talking about how much revenue is coming in to any company, regardless of whether it's ARPU or ACV, whatever it is. So, like, how many deals are we closing? Like, what's our close percentage? That's the that translates most to free trial to customer conversion rate. Um, we, and we noticed that there were, um, when we looked at, first we were looking at it on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, and that didn't really tell the full story. It was a little bit misleading and it didn't give us enough action. Um, it was like, it was always a little too late. Um, so a simple change <laughs> was a couple things actually. One, um, we started looking at it on a weekly basis. So we looked at weekly cohorts of customers instead of monthly cohorts of customers. Yeah. It allowed us to get much more granular and figure out what happened in this week with this subset of free trials that was different than any other week, for better or for worse. Um, and it allowed us uh, to, to get insight much quicker than looking at like a postmortem at, you know, at the end of the month. So that was one thing. Um, the second thing that was, that was really um, a, big, a big changer for us was we have this... 14 day free trial. So the way that we used to, the methodology that we used to use was, okay, like let's look at cohorts in, in like this week. Okay. Two weeks later. And what we realized was that there was always like a long tail of trials that would end up closing way past the two weeks. Um, sometimes, you know, three weeks, four weeks, five, six weeks later, because a trial expired and then a customer would come back and add their credit card. Uh, or, in some cases we extended the trial because they needed more time or whatever. And that's all manual, but it still was showing up as like this two week thing. So we started to figure out, okay, like, like at what point should we actually, how long should we be looking at each cohort? So we expanded it from two weeks out to five weeks. So we now say like the the sales cycle is actually a little bit longer. And that told us a completely different story and gave us a lot more uh, data to, to, to action on. Um, and, and that simple change, like I encourage anybody who's, who might have, you know, free trials as, 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 uh, as their top of funnel, not just to look at it in like those two week spurts, like look to see what's closing after the fact and why, because what that did for us is it allowed us to incentivize a subset of the sales team to, um, to, to focus on expired trials also like that's pipeline. Those right. are leads that that's not a lost cause. Like, so you basically are taking a, a conversion rate um, that was in some months in the low 40s to eclipsing 50% in some months because you're like, okay, what happened this week? Oh, we understand that we had three reps on PTO and we have unlimited PTO, you know. <laughs> so like, so what was, this is the crazy thing. We knew that, if a rep was going to be out, or John, you're going to be out next week. Okay, yeah. we're not going to we're going to take you out of the rotation next week. You're not going to get any new free trials. 
But what we didn't realize, and in hindsight, it's like, whoa, that was so stupid we did that. Uh, what we didn't realize is that you had trials that were closing in that week also, and no one was reaching out to them. No one was, there was zero outreach. There were uncompleted steps of, of sequences and outreach. And we're like, we need to change the way that we handle uh, lead assignment and trial assignment and PTO. And we need to make sure there's coverage. That had an increase in conversion rates. And then focusing on expired trials had an increase in conversion rates. And then you just sales right. skills and like just general stuff and like managers coaching reps on, on like how to close deals better or how to like, you know, like handle different objections. So all those things would, would all of them like resulted in an increase of some months, like as high as 10 percent, 10 points, not just 10 percent, like 10 points uh, increases uh, week over week and month over month, which is which is profound when you talk about you know, the number of, of free trials that we get and the customers that we get, that could result in one month a 10% increase in conversion rates could result in an extra 100K plus of ARR on the low end. And that's um, and that's without adding more to the funnel, right? Like that, that's just what's already in the top of Right, the that's just optimizing for what's already there. Optimizing is, is all about optimizing what's already in the funnel. What were some of the things that you learned from like, you were saying like some weeks, those cohorts would convert at a higher rate than other weeks. And like you looked into that, like it's really interesting what you what you just went through about like reps that were out and being able to service those and then like expire trials. But like what were some of the things you learned like what was happening on given weeks that maybe helped you, you know, better approach this? It's it's like seasonality, like or or holidays, uh stuff that came in like, you know, stuff that would uh start on a weekend. Uh there are all these different, you know, um all these different variables that that start playing into it. And certain things that are out of our control, right? Right. Um, like we can't influence that Thanksgiving, anything that was supposed to close on Thanksgiving, like didn't. But it allows you to prepare for it. We know that there's X amount of free trials that will be, that should be expiring during this period. We need to get in front of uh, an expired trial push as soon as we get back from Thanksgiving break because there are going to be a, way more expired trials than normal. So you just start to understand these trends and start to look at, at the calendar and you start to look at staffing levels and you start right. to look at, at, at free trial volume um, and, and it's almost like traffic control a little bit um, that if you just let this thing run, you could, you could have, you know, comfortably like, you know, 35, 40% conversion rate month over month, which is fantastic. Yeah. But we know that when reps are involved, we have a much higher ARPU and we have a much higher conversion rate. Um, and no one is working expired trials in a self-service model. You just have to hope that they eventually flip at some point. So we, we, have to get, we have to get a lot more strategic. And with all this data that we have and with all this transparency and understanding and being able to, to predict like what is going to happen uh, with each weekly cohort. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's taken a lot of work and it, honestly, it's taken a lot of trial and error to get to this point. So I'm hoping that, uh, that anybody listening that's either just starting or dealing with any of this stuff, if you want to, if you want to learn anything, <laughs> uh, you hit me up, Jason R at callrail.com. I'm more than happy to help you. Uh, cause we, we've learned a lot over the last, you know, I, I'm about to hit my three year anniversary and I feel like I learned something new still here every single day. Um, it's such a fascinating business with so many, like it's very transactional, so you, you have so many different data points and so many things to learn from. Um, the key is just to like actually right. learn from, from, from everything. Uh, like one of my favorite quotes is, uh, you win or you learn. So it's not like we're ever losing. We're just like, okay, 
what happened how like what what can we extract from this and like where do we go from here and you know either either fix it or make sure that that yeah. thing doesn't happen again what am i missing here right right exactly um so like what was the before you kind of dug into this like weekly cohort analysis and like you know reviewing what was happening with expired trials and stuff like that it sounds like the free trial the conversion rate you said was around like 35 to 40% depending on the cohort depending on the vertical there's some like if a lot of the self service stuff just on its own was just you know right. kind of going like the 30s yeah so after you kind of went through this like what what kind of trial percentage or trial to conversion percentage were you seeing after you kind of addressed these areas or became these- more cognizant of them some of these weekly cohorts, uh, are, this is kind of crazy, but when you factor in the expired trial and then you look back even beyond five weeks, like, so sometimes if like today is January 4th, if I'm looking back even like at November cohorts now, some of those weekly cohorts can be in the seventies and eighties. Like, wow. like, because what a rep is now doing is realizing they now have a growing pipeline every single month, not just of new stuff that's coming in but expired stuff that they can continue to try to keep warm. Right. So there's chances to go back. And obviously if it's like a, if it's like a more specialized team that gets fewer free trials, the ability to go from like 60% to 70% isn't as crazy because the denominator is lower, but the reps are, are focused now and you know, quotas, quotas are going higher. Like the, you know, it's getting harder to hit numbers. Uh, you know, so like they're they're not letting anything slip through the cracks at this point. If there is someone that started a free trial, unless they told us to like jump off a bridge, like we are going to <laughs> we're going to stay in touch with them, like and, and with polite persistence, obviously. Um, and if it, if the timing isn't right now, we'll find out when the timing is right to check back in, and and we will check back in, or we'll we'll, we'll circle back, like what, everyone loves to do. What would uh, what would happen before? So like a a trial so would expire and. Back- backlog of thousands thousands of expired trials and they wouldn't be contacted after the fact no. ah. so he, it's out of those out of those few things that you mentioned the expired trials um you know analyzing the weekly cohorts and you know maybe uh, uh being more cognizant about trials that were expiring on weekends or seasonality and following up people which one do you think that had the bigger impact sounds like the expired trials Expired trials, expired trials is massive, and then um, the PTO thing is still something we're 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 figuring out. Yeah. Uh, it seems it, it's it's just crazy to me that that is something that we had to think about. I, I've never <laughs> like it never really dawned on me or anybody else really that that the impact that that would have. Um, and the 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 thought process is simple. Like we we definitely are bought into um, the met like the sales methodology of sequences. And we have several different sequences depending on the vertical and um, whether they, you know, they've gone in and set anything up in their account or not. So like there, there's, there's levels of customization and the rep can go in and customize sequence steps and things like that. But the expectation is that every new trial that starts is going to be completed through all sequence steps. And, and what, what we were doing basically is a, is a bad experiment or it's bad science, right? Like we were not, there was no control. Like we, there were several trials that, like, if you were out even one day, like stuff that was expiring that day, that get did touched. not did not get treated the same as as right. as another cohort. Um, so like something that simple, I, I I promise you that that's happening 
like there's automation you could do with that, but then like the like what are you risking in terms of conversion rate by having more like generic automation? Um, so, you know, I wanted reps to even though this is all free trials and it's it's PLG and like all that, I wanted reps to act like like this is your this is your pipeline. These are your leads. Like treat them like gold. Be super grateful that you don't have to pick up the phone and cold call. You're being <laughs> spoon-fed leads, but like treat them like gold. Otherwise, right. So what what fun. what happens now? So if I'm out for a week, and my mm-hmm. you know, and I have a cohort of trials that are expiring when I'm out, is that sort of reassigned to someone else on the team that they handle it, or how, how does that work now? The manager is has sort of has their own discretion. Um, like I'm I'm not micromanaging the right. process. I'm just making sure the manager has a game plan whenever that happens. So whether that is the manager themselves goes in and helps out if they've got the bandwidth and pick and like completes tasks for the reps while they're out, or they split up the tasks across the team and we do you know like different spiffs or bonuses for like a team goal. Um, right. So so there are ways around it, um, but whether it's you know the team incentive, uh, you scratch my back, I scratch your back, or the manager covers it. We now have uh, coverage in those scenarios. How many reps do you have on the team? Right now, uh, I think we have like 34. Okay. So that's a material, uh, you know, that's 34 people, PTO across 34 people, especially in the the, the warmer months, right? (sighs) But you're down in Atlanta, so it's like, you know. Yeah, but but like. It's not cold up down there. (laughs) You've got like. PTO has been crazy. In 2021, PTO is crazy. You've got unlimited PTO, which most companies have nowadays. Um, and then you've got, um, and, and not to downplay this at all, like you've got a lot of people that were dealing with a lot of like mental health stuff, um, what on various levels of, of, of severity and seriousness and all of that. But like, I'm not going to be like, you can't take time off. Mm. I mean, if it's excessive, obviously, but like my reps wanted to take time off. I let them take time off. I didn't want anybody burning out. I, I like my reps a lot. I want them to enjoy working here and I want them to be energized when they're here. Um, so if they take time off, the business can't suffer as a result of that. That's the key. Right. Like take care of yourself, but like mind the business also, it's one of our values. Um, so we just weren't minding the business. Right. And, and, and it, and I, I can't, it's hard to truly quantify still like how much of a negative impact or now a positive impact that that adjustment has had. But it's um, my guess is early indications show that's pretty significant, like a couple percentage points. Yeah, I was gonna say between those two things, you said five to ten percent, you know, yeah, increase. Yeah, the expired trial has a lot to do with that too. Yeah. And so, wh- wh- what did you say? You mentioned before the dollar figure that 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 basically means every month, like hundred k. You were saying, and basically additional new MRR. Yeah, hundred k of, of of ARR. ARR. Um, or more. I mean, yeah. I'm just being super conservative with that figure. Um, but that's each month. So like, who knows, who knows what could actually, actually be doing. Um, I mean that a five to 10% increase in conversion rates can result in, um, you know, that's, that's a hundred to 150 extra customers per month. Right. So there's um, your headline right there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, the crazy thing about uh, the crazy thing about, and the great thing about the economics here is that starting ARPU versus versus ARPU like three, four months in, like customers grow significantly because we're not selling licenses. Like I said, um, it all, you know, people are choosing different plans, call plans, et cetera. Um, and the usage kick, kicks up, like the more campaigns that they're tracking, 
the more calls that they're generating, um, the more volume that they're generating, the more that they're ultimately spending with us. So we scale with our clients, with our customers. Um, so new, a new customer in the door um, has a very high LTV. Right. So, right. Yeah, it's it's a good economics. This is this was a great one. Um, I appreciate you sharing so much, man. Just about like the the specifics, how the team is is uh, is structured, and, and obviously the numbers. So Absolutely. yeah, pay pay attention to your expired trials and how yeah. you know everybody's all, all your reps and and their maybe PTO or other stuff is is impacting uh, their uh, their pipeline of trials. So th- nope. this is a really good one, man. Thanks for sharing so much. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.